may be seated. I don't know how it is for everybody else or other preachers. Most of the time, for me, when I come to a service with a message, I usually feel or think that it applies, hopefully applies to the majority. I also have experienced every now and then you come and that's not the case. Tonight is one of those nights. I haven't come to preach to everybody. In fact, I hope I haven't come to preach. I feel like I've got a message to deliver to somebody tonight. I thought I already had some kind of an idea about tonight. But on Tuesday, I believe it was, we were in our district board meetings. I don't even know how it came up. Somehow in the course of conversation, my dad mentioned, I don't know if it was an article he read or a story he saw about the young Filipino girl. I spent a significant amount of time this week searching and reading, trying to put the pieces together as best I could. It seemed like several articles I read were essentially just a repeat, reprint or repeat of another article. And one or two, I was able to find a little bit more, a little bit different information. So the best I could come up with Not that long ago, I didn't find a time frame, but recently, fairly recently. It's a little three-year-old girl who apparently had been fairly sick. To the point they took her to the doctor, and the doctor decided she was dead. doctor decided she was dead to the point Encouraged the family. They needed to make funeral arrangements quickly. Partly to minimize the possibility of the spread of disease. Again, trying to piece together. You may read something differently. I'm just trying to put the pieces together as best I can. But it apparently was on a Friday or so that she went to the doctor some local clinic that determined she was dead. And so the next day, they are in the funeral procession, or actually they were at the service. Somebody happened to notice somehow there was some movement from this little girl in her casket that they thought was dead, that they are in the process of a funeral and about to bury. And so they found out that she was actually still alive. There's video you could see on the internet, not too hard to find. Someone with their phone sees what's going on and videos it. You can see the father taking this three-year-old out of the out of the coffin and wrapping her in a blanket and they determined she was actually alive. But they took her to a they took her to another clinic or a hospital and the end of the story is she ended up not making it anyway. I don't know all the details. I don't know the whole depth of the story. But I wonder if somehow a day or two before somebody had recognized sooner. If somebody had noticed sooner there was an issue. That maybe something could have been done sooner. Such a sweet presence of God is in this place tonight very thankful for that. 
thankful for that because the best of my ability, I've prayed today and asked God to help me. And I hope that the presence that's in this place that we have felt here the last hour or so will continue. Because I believe I've come to tell somebody, and again, I, I don't think it's a lot of people here tonight. I think it may be more than one. But if it's only one, I've come to tell somebody tonight, the offer expires. There's some of you like that little girl in that coffin. We're not too sure if you're even still alive. That we're already preparing ourselves that it may be the end. Because we haven't seen much life. We haven't seen much movement lately. I can't imagine the condition she had to have gotten to. I, I, I'm no doctor, but I, I got I to gotta think that, that with my business management degree, I could sort of figure out if you're alive or not. I guess obviously it's possible, whatever, but I, 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 under typical circumstances. To somehow reach the point with your precious three-year-old to no longer be aware and to even be able to be convinced she's not alive anymore. To go through the steps and then, and then can you imagine this, the excitement when somebody recognizes some degree of movement. The excitement when somebody notices the, from what I, if I remember it was, it was the moving of the head or that, that, that was noticed that they recognize there's still some life. Imagine the excitement of that father. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like, the emotional roller coaster of that father to then reach down into that coffin and grab up your three-year-old and embrace her, thinking she was dead and now alive, and then only a day or so later, best I can tell, to actually end up dying. Hebrews 12 and 14 tells us, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears. I'm sorry to tell you tonight the offer of salvation, God's invitation to you for ministry is not a forever offer that is guaranteed to never expire. That there is the possibility, the very real possibility, that you can reach the point where you finally decide, I am now ready. I am now ready. I, I see the error of my ways. I, I see what I've done. I see where it's leading. I see the mistakes I've made. And now I've got some regret. And so let me fix what I have done. To make up your mind now to be ready to do that. And it is very possible. I know we don't preach this. We don't like to preach this. I don't want to preach this. But it is very possible to reach a point where God decides. I waited. I offered. I extended. And it wasn't up to you and your terms to decide when and how and where. And you thought you could just keep it in your back pocket. I, I got a $20 bill that I've stuck in, the, in, the, in a pocket of my wallet. I, don't use, I hardly ever have cash. I hardly ever use cash. I use, a, I use my credit card in the place of cash. And I, I use it. I, I pay it off. I don't run it up. So if you have a, 
Don't, don't miss what I'm saying. I don't use it just freely spending, but I use it in the play. It's easy. And 99% of the times, you can use a credit card. And they got even soda machines now you can use a credit card for. But it wasn't too long ago. I forget where I was. I, I think it was a parking issue, and I needed to pay for parking, and there was no option for credit card. And I'm, I'm, I don't have an ATM set up and all that, so it's fees and all that. And I had no cash, and so I decided I'm going to take a $20 bill and I'm going to hide it. My dad, I learned that from my dad, except he doesn't hide it for emergencies. He hides it for good stuff. And then usually ends up giving half of it to God anyway, so that's the other side. But just in case, just in case, I got that 20 in case I need it. Some of you are dealing with God like that. You've got him stuck somewhere as just in case you need it. You decide you get you get in a pinch, you get in an emergency, and you're going to pull out the cash, and it's going to bail you out. Some of you have come to the conclusion that God's going to always be there waiting patiently for you when you make up your mind you are now ready and I haven't come because it's what I want to tell you I'm just trying to the best of my ability to follow what I believe the Holy Ghost has told me to tell somebody tonight God is not your spare $20 bill so that when you decide you're ready and you're going to change you see there's not a person in this place tonight that has consciously made up your mind you want to go to hell there's not a person in this sanctuary tonight that is purposefully living to go to hell and there are some who are living right now in a way that will send you to hell but you've already planned it out and you've got a point in time where you're going to change you're not going to live like this forever you're not going to live walk this path forever there's going to be a time in which you decide and I'm not preaching to everybody tonight because there's a bunch of you you're not at this point but if what I feel is correct there's somebody here tonight and again maybe more than just one, that you're real close to God not being there as your spare 20. When you decide like Esau finally decided, I'm sorry, God is going to pull back and it doesn't matter how many tears you shed, it doesn't matter how many prayers of repentance you prayed, the Bible says Esau sought for it. He pursued it, he pursued it with tears, he pursued it with passion, but no matter how hard he pursued it, the answer was no. Not everybody gets there, in fact, I think the majority don't get there. But you gotta really prove to God your stubbornness. The average person, in my opinion, my study, who is trying to the best of their ability and is stumbling and falling, that, that's one thing. And God's got patience and God's got mercy and grace. But there comes a point when you know better and you know the error of your ways. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. And yet you have made up your mind to do it your way for now. And God's just going to be there. I'm sorry to tell you tonight that's not always the case and he is not bound to you to wait until you finally decide I'm now ready but he might decide for you it is now or it is never brother right you're preaching at me tonight no I'm not I didn't know who's going to be here wouldn't be here and I haven't come tonight with a bullseye on anybody. I'm not here aiming at anybody tonight. And so I beg you, if by chance you're thinking that, would you please put the devil's voice aside and would you listen to the voice of the Spirit tonight? Because I'm not here tonight to preach judgment. I'm here tonight to tell you the reason if this is the case and I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight is because it's not quite too late. But you're getting real close. You're getting real close to the point that God decides, I'm done. Solomon says in Proverbs 1.24, Because I have called and ye refuse. This is, this is wisdom or representative of God speaking. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity 
I will mock when I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hate, for they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Make it a little bit more plain. The message Bible says it this way. As it is, I've called, but you turned a deaf ear. I've reached out to you, but you've ignored me. Since you laugh at my counsel and make a joke of my advice, how can I take you seriously? I'll turn the tables and joke about your troubles. What if the roof falls in and your whole life goes to pieces? What if catastrophe strikes and there's nothing to show for your life but rubble and ashes? You'll need me then. You'll call for me, but don't expect an answer. No matter how hard you look, you won't find me because you hated knowledge and had nothing to do with the fear of God because you wouldn't take my advice and brushed aside all my offers to train you. Well, you've made your bed now lie in it you wanted your own way now how do you like it There comes a point when God decides if that's what you think you really want and you're going to pursue what you really want I'm going to give you what you want if that's really the way you want to go if that's really the path you want to walk the worst day of your life is when God totally turns off your conscience. The scariest day of your life is when the voice of your conscience is completely silenced and it never talks to you anymore and you can do whatever you want to do, however you want to do, and nothing inside screams and says that's wrong. Oh, I know flesh thinks that would be a great day and wouldn't it be nice to be delivered from the guilt and the condemnation of my ways because no matter what you say and no matter how you mock and scorn the preaching of the word of God, when you make your own decisions to contradict it, nobody knows the depth of the guilt and the condemnation that you feel but you and you feel it. Blame everybody else because they're critical, they're judgmental. But the truth of the matter is when it's you all by yourself at night and you can't get to sleep because of all of the guilt and condemnation, that's nobody else's fault. But what that is a sign is there's still something working. But when you reach the point, you can lay down on your bed at night having disregarded God and His Word and there is no difficulty going to sleep and there is no tossing and turning with some guilt and condemnation. You have reached a scary point. Romans tells us you can get, up, get to a point where God says, I'm not going to bother you anymore. I'm not going to bother you anymore. I'm not going to try to correct your ways anymore. I'm not going to try to get your attention anymore. I'm not going to extend the hand of... I know it's the watered-down message Bible, but it, it, it makes it pretty clear. I tried to reach for you in this place, even tonight. The Spirit of God in such gentle sweetness has moved throughout this sanctuary and has reached out a hand of love and a hand of grace and a hand of mercy. And some of you, while part of you wanted to reach out another side said I'm just not ready for it but I will be one day I will be one day, just not today. I, I got it on my calendar. There's a day coming where I'm going to wake up from the pig pen and I'm going to go back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But not everybody makes it back from the pig pen to the Father's house. I know we preach it and I know it can happen, but I just got to tell you tonight, not everybody gets back to the Father's house. Not everybody makes it. 
Some of you, you got the story of the prodigal son tucked away in the corner of your wallet, and that's what you're counting on. When I get ready, the father's going to be waiting on the porch, waiting for me to come down the road. And when he sees me, he's going to come running and embrace me with open arms. I, I know we preach it, and that's what I like to preach to the backslider, but I got to tell you, it doesn't always happen. I don't remember the details of the story, Bishop, but I, I can remember through the years you telling the story. I think you were on the evangelistic field, not too far from the end or whatever. That doesn't matter. But of a young man who was in the altar and begging, just let me feel your presence one more time. Let us become more aware. Let us experience. And yet there can come a point where you take it so for granted that you can't experience it anymore. I know, I know, again, not everybody gets there, and this message isn't for the world tonight. I'm preaching to somebody here. I'll say it again. I'm not preaching to everybody. No offense if you're sitting there and you're wondering if I am preaching to you, the response should be you might as well be safe. Maybe, maybe you're not the one. Maybe there's still a lot of mercy and grace left. Maybe there's still a lot of opportunity left for you. But if the thought's crossing your mind, why take a risk? Hebrews 6 and 4. For it is impossible. I, I don't, Bishop. You're the you're the you, you're the bishop, and maybe you understand this. I've I've referred to this verse before, and I've acknowledged before. I don't totally get it because I preached the story of the prodigal son, and I believe the story of the prodigal son, and I believe there are prodigals that come home. But I also know in this verse there's something really scary. It is impossible. For those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame more time the message bible once people have seen the light gotten a taste of heaven and been part of the work of the holy spirit once they personally experience the sheer goodness of god's word and the powers breaking in on us if then they turn their backs on it washing their hands of the whole thing well they can't start over as if nothing happened that's impossible why they've crucified jesus they've repudiated him in public I don't know the difference exactly between falling away and what I just read and the prodigal son who willingly asked for his inheritance and left home and wasted it and still was willingly accepted back. I don't know the difference. All I know is this. It's not worth gambling that you're the prodigal if by chance God has decided you have tasted of something. You have had the privilege and the opportunity to experience something that Billions have no idea about that a lost and dying world has never tasted and yet you have it and could care less you have it and so because he's a merciful God because he's a God of love you come and you go at your pleasure because he died for your salvation, because he hung on that cross and shed his blood, because there is power of, of his blood to forgive sin, you decide to use it when you want to use it. God's going to be there with you ready. I've come to tell somebody tonight the offer expires. At some point, the offer expires. 
At some point, God may decide, I'm done. Not waiting anymore. Not hanging on any longer for when you get ready. But I'm done. Somebody tonight, you could you could be in that casket. You could be in that casket because we just quite don't see life anymore. We've had trouble detecting if there's still a pulse. We can't quite figure out if you're still breathing. The Holy Ghost in such a sweet way in this place tonight. In addition to what He's already done for some by touching them, has also come tonight. Not desiring to cut you off. Taking no pleasure in deciding you've you've reached the end of the line. Not rejoicing in the fact that you've gone so far. He's decided, I'm not waiting any longer. No pleasure. He said, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I didn't get no satisfaction. How, how can a God who went through such agony and torment to provide salvation for us then in any way rejoice when he has to take it from us? Head bows, eyes closed, please. Out here to try to preach some long sermon to you tonight. Come to deliver a message, and I've delivered that message. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Please. I beg somebody tonight. I beg somebody tonight. I tell you, I tell you, in the Holy Ghost tonight. He's not just waiting forever. He's not just waiting forever till you decide. But he could very well decide before you do. I'm done. If that's what you want, if that's how you want to live, if that's the direction you want your life to go, I'm not going to bother you anymore. Not going to try to talk to you anymore. Not going to try to change you anymore. In fact, I'm going to take away the guilt. I'm going to take away the shame. And I'm just going to let you enjoy it. I'm going to let you go where you want to go, do what you want to do. I'm not going to bother you anymore. Some point in time. It'll all catch up. But I guess from a totally carnal perspective, he'll give you a space to just have a good time and enjoy it. But as I read to you from the book of Proverbs, there comes a point where he says, you laughed at me. I'll laugh. I know that that's not the God we want to preach about. That's not the God I want to preach about tonight. Because he is a God of mercy and grace. Long suffering. Patience beyond anything you could ever imagine. But it is possible for that patience to run out. His altar is open. If you need an invitation... Trying to be dramatic here tonight. I've never, 20 plus years of preaching, I've never preached a message like this. Hundreds of sermons that I've preached in my lifetime. I don't think I've ever preached this before. I'm not trying to just be dramatic tonight. The way this service has gone already. didn't want to preach this but all I know is I just believe I believe the Holy Ghost gave me a message for somebody you know what mercy is you know what grace is you know what repentance is and God's forgiven you some pretty big things in the past 
you made some pretty big blunders before and he forgave you that and he put everything all back together and made everything good somewhere in the back of your mind at some point in the future he'll do the same thing he'll do it all again like he did before but telling somebody tonight it's not going to always happen that way not going to always be a hand of mercy and grace extended towards you. There can come a point in time you may decide you're ready and God decides He's no longer ready. Father, let Your grace and Your mercy work in this place tonight. Such a wonderful presence we have felt in this place tonight. Such a wonderful manifestation of your spirit that we have experienced tonight. But God, it's not all about just a good feeling for a church service. It's not all just about leaving and saying we felt you tonight. We're involved in eternal matters. We're involved in the souls of men and women. Thank you, God, for the gentleness of your spirit that is here, that is still here, that's reaching for somebody. Willingly extending another chance and another opportunity. But those times are quickly running out. Help us, Father. Help us. Help us tonight, God. Help us tonight, God. Help us tonight, God. Help us. Help us not to miss the space of grace offered. Help us not to miss the space of mercy that's been extended over and over and over and over and over. We have disregarded and ignored thinking it always, it always will be there but it might not. There might not always be a place of repentance for us. There might not always be a place of mercy. But God, don't let us miss it while it is still there. Don't let us miss it while we still have the opportunity. Move. Father, move in this sanctuary right now. Let walls of resistance that have been built come down. Let barriers of resistance that have been constructed around hearts and lives, let them come down under the gentleness of your grace and your mercy. Let them melt away under the outpouring of grace right now not Jericho walls that crumble in a battle but let the walls crumble under the gentleness of grace let the walls that somebody has constructed around their life tonight let them crumble as grace and mercy washes over them In the name of Jesus Somebody that doesn't need to pray for yourself, would you pray? Would you intercede? I'm not asking for volume in your intercession. If you do that, that's fine, but I'm not asking for that. But if you don't need it for yourself, would somebody, somebody intercede for somebody else? If you're not in need, if you know the Holy Ghost isn't talking to you, and I've, I've already said it, I'm not preaching to everybody tonight, so that's fine. So if you don't feel to pray for somebody and you don't need to pray for yourself, could, could somebody help me in the Spirit right now?
Remove the callousness that we have grown accustomed, accustomed to. Remove the callousness that has caused us to be desensitized to the voice of your spirit, to the moving of conviction, God. Let us feel as if we were a child again. Let us feel God again. The first verses I read to you, the scripture said it started with Esau with a root of bitterness. Some of you are in the condition you're in tonight. It started with a root of bitterness. Started with some bitterness somewhere. And now, now it's been there so long, you're on the verge. You're on the verge of reaching a place that there's not even a space to repent. But tonight, tonight there is still a chance. Tonight there is still a hand of mercy being extended to you. He hasn't pulled it back yet. He's still reaching. I don't know how many more times he'll reach. I don't know how many more times it'll be there, but tonight it's still there. Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Mercy, grace, let mercy and grace work in this sanctuary tonight. Let mercy and grace work in this sanctuary tonight. Let somebody's callousness be replaced with a tenderness. Let the hardness of somebody's heart be replaced with a tender sensitivity to your spirit tonight, God. Let somebody hear the gentle knock on the heart of the door of their heart. As you stand and knock, ready to come in and sup with us in fellowship. But you're not going to knock forever. You're not going to stand on the doorstep forever. There may be a point. There may be a point you stop knocking. There may be a point you stop trying to enter and we convince you that you're not wanted. But God, before that happens, before that happens, let somebody open the door tonight. Before it's too late, let somebody open the door. Let somebody invite you in again. Somebody's house you used to dwell in. Somebody's house you used to occupy. Somebody's house you used to fellowship in. God, help him tonight to open the door and let you back in, God. Your presence, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, let your presence work, let your presence work right now, God, let your presence work. God, let your presence work right now. Your presence, Lord. 
Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence. Your presence. We need your presence right now. We need your presence right now. We need it, God. We need it, God. We need it, God. Your presence, your presence, your presence, your presence, your presence, Lord. Let your presence work, Lord. Let your presence work. Let your presence work. Let your presence work. Ayala la bokoreye, ayala la masita. Ilala mando roboko yarata la bahaya. Hallelujah. Presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord, your presence, Lord.
If you need to go, want to go, you can go. We're not done. If you decide to go, please be extremely respectful of the atmosphere and those around you. Come on, the Holy Ghost isn't done in this place tonight. The Holy Ghost isn't done here tonight. Your presence, your presence, your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Oh, there's nothing like your presence. There's nothing like your presence. Sometimes we take it for granted, but there's nothing like your presence. Sometimes we don't cherish it and value it like we should, but there's nothing like your presence. Your presence, your presence, your presence, your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord.
to be mm-hmm. 